0: Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Wednesday, February 21st edition of the Basement Academy. Put your thinking caps on, friends, and hold on to those hats. <laughs> the question today uh, certainly is a, is a challenging one. It's a, it's a great question. Certainly will stretch us a little bit. Um, I wanna begin with a morning psalm, which I think I love when the psalms kind of tie in. Uh, to the theme or the question or the topic of the day. So this is Psalm 141. It's a Psalm of David. O Lord, I call to you. Come quickly to me. Hear my voice when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evil doers. Let me not eat of their delicacies. Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil on my head. My head will not refuse it. Yet my prayer is ever against the deeds of evildoers. Their rulers will be thrown down from the cliffs and the wicked will learn that my words were well spoken. They will say, as one plows and breaks up the earth, so our bones have been scattered at the mouth of the grave. But my eyes are fixed on you, O sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. Keep me from the snares they have laid for me, from the traps set by evildoers. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by in safety. Mm. Whatever David's facing, <laughs> he's praying his way through it, right? Lifting up his hands, his prayer like the evening sacrifice. So, let me remind you to continue your daily prayers. Today, we're praying for the ministry of the word, the effective ministry of God's word. Invite you to submit questions. Uh, we continue to have them. So we'll probably stretch into next week a little bit. So I appreciate that. Okay, today's question comes, it calls us back to our study uh, in reversed Thunder. i um, trying to pick up the book here. So we studied this last fall. And really, the question comes from the last two pages of the whole book, which is wonderful. So pages 193, 194. Let let me read the question and then try to tease out some answers. Great, great set of questions. My questions and curiosities are prompted by the last chapter of Reverse Thunder regarding the Antichrist. On page 193, Eugene Peterson emphasized how John, quote, works out a grammatical formulation for God's name. He describes God as he who is and who was and who is to come. And that's Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 and verse 8. Then on page 194, he compares the Antichrist who is described in a parody of the grammatical name, it was and is not and is to come. And then citing Revelation chapter 17, verse eight. So that's background. So I'm not gonna try to read both pages 193, 194. I invite you to do so. Question, what is your understanding of the reason why there is a period of time when the antichrist is not okay so i'm going to start I'll talk about that do you think the antichrist antichrist described in revelation 17:8, that was and is not and is to come is the same individual is the bottom line the fact that jesus is always was and will always be the beginning and the end as opposed to the antichrist so great set of questions. I don't think I, I dug too much into the notion of the Antichrist uh, in our, our study. So I went back and read pages 193 and 194, so I had to you know, pick back up the context of the question. And the first thing I would say is that you go back to page 192. And what Peterson's doing at the end of the book here, as he's wrapping up his commentary on Revelation, the end of Revelation where it talks about come Lord Jesus, he's reminding us of the pastoral purpose of the Revelation. That the Revelation is not written as kind of a code book with secret Uh, things that we have to decode and predict the future it's really a book that is written with pastoral urgency pastoral sensitivity every generation of christians must pay attention to these realities not everybody agrees with peterson i tried to make those those points go back and watch the whole series if you want but what he's doing, starting on page 192, I think it is, he he's talking about time, the sense of urgency. That the time, okay, so so time is in play here. Is, was, is, is to come. And, and and Peterson points out the two Greek words for time: chronos, which is kind of the ticking of the clock, our calendars, the linear sequential kind of history of the future as prediction, right? Just the series of events that happen. That's chronos, chronology, right? And then there's another Greek word, kairos. And those are the turning points in time. So when we read in our English Bible's time, one of those two words could be sitting behind it. So when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, Galatians 4.4, 4, when Kairos had come. So the birth of Jesus, it, it happened in time, in chronology. We, we acknowledge that. We, we don't deny the historicity of the birth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But those are turning points, the turning of the ages, when Christ comes, there's a chirotic moment, the kairos, the fullness of time. And so this is what Peterson is pointing out. So he, he sets his discussion about the parody of the beast, the Antichrist, and the, and, and the name in the context of this discussion about Kronos and Kairos. And what he's doing at the top, just before the the little section that was cited in the question, he's talking about don't give yourselves to predicting, trying to use the Revelation as a predictive tool to figure out the future. That's not what the book of Revelation is about. It's about this kairos reality. And so it's this idea, what Peterson's saying there is, pastoral concern lives in the present this day this moment we pay attention to the past and we pay attention to the future but it's all in service to this moment to the present okay and so eschatology is concerned for the future things the last things and so Peterson says eschatology is the most pastoral of all disciplines. When we when we have a sense of how the story ends, we live in the present more faithfully and more fully. Since we know that God wins, right? And so that's what the revelation gives us this window on the culmination of things. Not necessarily the sequential culmination, but... God's triumph over evil, God's triumph over death through Jesus Christ. So, so what, what Peterson's doing when he introduces the beast as the parody, he's reminding us, so chapter 17, that's where we, we're met. It's in those chapters where we see um, the, the beast as part of an unholy trinity, You've got a dragon and two beasts, a land beast, a sea beast. And so you've got this, this, this unholy parody. So as the holy people of God were sealed, so you have the parody <laughs> of a sealing that is the mark of the beast. Okay, so, so there are these parallels. One of those parallels of the parody is the name of God. And so the beast as a parody as part of that unholy trinity, right? Parodying the, the holy trinity of Father, Son, Spirit. So there's a parody of the timeless name of God. And so what Peterson says is that John takes the Exodus encounter at the burning bush where God says, I am who I am. The a verb. It's really more the name of God. I am Yahweh is is a form of the verb to be. And then John expands that. God is, which means God was, which means that God is to come. God is outside of time as we experience it. And so the parody then with this beast from revelation 17 it doesn't identify him as the antichrist we've kind of applied that understanding to it peterson does as well <clears throat> the parody of the timeless one is this ti- this not timed one i don't even know how to say the word here right and so God is, I am who I am, the one who was and is and is to come. And so Peterson takes the parody and, 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 and lifts up what John's doing. He's, he's suggesting what John is doing is mocking the beast with this notion of he was not, he, 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 the, the one who was not is not, and yet is to come, and so that's what's curious. There is this thing that's there. And so the questioner is asking, is there a period of time when the Antichrist is not? No, that's not what's happening. That's not the suggestion. The beast is always present. There is always a malign spirit, a malign force that is opposing God and is opposing the people of God and the work of God. This we know elsewhere as the Antichrist, okay? So in 1 John, i turned here to Revelation, but let me go to 1 John. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. Whoa, this is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. Now we're talking about Christians who have forsaken the faith. They were part of the fellowship, but now they've turned against the holy fellowship. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Okay, what's going on there? So, we tend to think of Antichrist in kind of a Hollywood picture, right? You know, the devil with horns or some kind of Damian figure. There's all kinds of weirdo stuff that's, that's out there, the exorcist and all those things. But John is speaking about those who were once upon a time part of the Christian fellowship. They have now gone out and now they are actively denying that Jesus is the Christ. They're actively working against the health and the well-being of the Christian fellowship. And he says, that's the Antichrist. Anyone, any being, any voice, any spirit, any person, any creature that denies that Jesus is the Christ is the Antichrist. Then in his second letter, 2 John, <clears throat> Uh, Verse 7, many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the Antichrist. So we have to have a, a more expanded understanding of Antichrist, not a Hollywood understanding of the Antichrist, which is hard to get out of our brains, right? Because we've seen those movies or we've read the books, Any such person who denies that Jesus is the Christ, any such person who denies that Jesus has come in the flesh is the Antichrist. So there are many Antichrists. Antichrist is a spirit. It is a teaching. It is a lie. It is a movement. It is anything that stands against the reality of God and Jesus Christ. So the beast is a parody so what, what 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 John's doing in the Revelation, what Peterson's pointing out is this poetic expression as you have God, as you have Jesus, as you have the Holy Spirit, as they seal the faithful, as they, they call them to their own as they gather a multitude from every uh, nation, tribe, language and people, so you have in every generation of humanity you have a force. a a spirit, a movement that works against all the good that God is doing. And he calls that Babylon. It's Rome. It's Egypt. It's the beast. It's the dragon. And so it's a poetic way of talking about this fundamental reality that parodies God, that mocks God, in order to deny God and lead people away from God, okay? So it's not saying that there is a time when the Antichrist is not. No, that's just part of a, um, a poetic formulation to give this illustration of what is good and what is not good, what is God, what is not God, what helps us to live faithfully in the present what leads us away from faithfulness in the present. And so, in the present. And so there's this, this tradition, I think it dates back to Augustine, <clears throat> with the notion that evil is not a, 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 an actual thing, it is the absence of good. Evil as a negation. So, So darkness is the absence of light. Disease is the absence of health. War is the absence of peace. Evil is the absence of good. Death is the absence of life. The beast is the absence of presence. God is presence. God is real. God is life. God is here. God is now. The beast is all that denies all of that and wishes to pull us towards that void, towards that darkness, towards that, that war, towards that death. And so P- Peterson doesn't tease these elements. What he's doing is he it's, it's his last plea. Don't use the revelation. And I know the questioner's not doing this, I, the, the name was given and I know this person and faithful, faithful uh, precious follower of Jesus but what Peterson is doing is trying to illustrate the call to live faithfully in the present and he's just one last point The Antichrist is everything that is pulling us away from living faithfully in the present. So even this desire to try to predict the future using the book of Revelation could itself be the work of the Antichrist because it's drawing our attention away from this moment, this day, uh, this neighbor in front of me, this act of love and service and sacrifice and witness that I am called to do. Anything that seeks to pull us away from that could be the Antichrist that is pulling us away from faithfulness to God. And, you know, those first and second John passages realize this sometimes happens even within the community of faith. That's what's so challenging is the the the, the possibility that this could even happen within the faith. So uh, in the bottom line, Jesus is, always was, always will be, the beginning and the end, is the opponent, is opposed in the Antichrist, absolutely. And so it's this call to live wisely, to live attentively. In this moment, we only have today to live for God. And we live today knowing that Christ has triumphed over the grave, his death and resurrection in the past assures a good future when out of heaven will come a bride beautifully dressed uh, for her husband a new jerusalem a new heaven a new earth where death and mourning and crying and pain and suffering and sorrow will be no more and so we cry come lord jesus <laughs> come that's how that's how the revelation ends this pastoral call this prayer the the, the the prayer of the faithful, come Lord, bring that world now that we no longer have to live in this world opposed by Babylon and Rome and Egypt and the beast and the dragon and all opposing forces to the goodness of God. And so anyway, great set of questions. I don't know that I answered any of them directly, but it this I appreciate the opportunity to call back uh, to this pastoral letter uh, that is in Revelation. So let, let's close with prayer and we'll just take up another question tomorrow, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the victory and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, his triumph over the grave in the past, secures uh, our future and this, this uh, wonderful victory that is celebrated in Revelation when the kingdom of the world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. And so we pray you hasten that day, come Lord Jesus and help us to live faithfully and attentively to all that opposes you, all the lies, all the evil, all the negation of all that is good in you and in Jesus Christ. And so hear our prayer as we make it in his name, even as he taught us to pray together saying, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God keep you. May God protect you. May his sheltering wings and his strong tower of his name guard you now and